Welcome to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. And today's podcast is on Psalm 101. Just a moment, we're going to read Psalm 101. But let me ask you to think. If you were going to characterize this, what kind of psalm would you say this psalm is? Psalm 101 begins a psalm of David. I will sing of loving kindness and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praises. I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart will I endure. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He whose walk is a blame, he who walks in a blameless way, is the one who will minister to me. He who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. Every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land, so as to cut off from the city of the Lord all those who do iniquity. Now, what kind of psalm would you suggest that that is? This has led to some debate. One has argued that this is a psalm of wisdom, particularly because in verse 2, the phrase, I will give heed, and that word translated give heed in the New American Standard Bible is often associated with wisdom writings. Others describe this psalm as a psalm of lament because the question in verse 2, when will you come to me? If that psalm was seen or that question was seen in most psalms, it would be typical of a lament. But Psalm 101 appears a little different, and many characterize it, most characterize it, as some type of royal psalm. A royal psalm deals with the human king, but there is no mention of the word king here. David is mentioned in the heading of the psalm, but there's no mention of him within the body of the psalm. There's no mention of a king. There's no mention of an anointed one. Things that are sometimes typical of these royal psalms are absent from Psalm 101. Why would it be described as a royal psalm? One reason is because it seems to deal with a person who has some kind of authority, some kind of power, and is in the position of destroying the wicked and cutting off those who do iniquity. Verse 8 describes that as the situation. And so because of this, it has often been viewed as a royal psalm that describes the ideals for what a ruler should be. 
in the Book of Common Prayer, in the Church of England, Psalm 101 was prescribed at the anniversary of the monarch's ascension to the throne. If all leaders lived up to Psalm 101, what a better place this world would be. But verse 1, I will sing of loving kindness and justice. God's loving kindness was mentioned in the last verse, Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good, His loving kindness is everlasting. God's justice was celebrated in Psalm 99, verse 4. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. I will sing of loving kindness and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. Now, some have questioned whose loving kindness and justice is exalted. Is it the king's or is it God's? I do believe it is a reference to God's loving kindness and God's justice. But I do believe as he praises God for these qualities and these attributes that he is hoping to make these qualities his as a ruler of the people. I will sing of the loving kindness and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. Everybody is affected by who they're surrounded by. Everyone, whether for good or for bad. And notice that the king is very careful about who surrounds him, about what he likes, about what he doesn't like, what he opposes, what he supports. In verse 2, I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? I will walk with my I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. Now, the word translated blameless in the New American Standard in verse 2 and the word translated integrity, they are different forms of the same Hebrew word. One used as an adjective, one used as a noun. But the text emphasizes, I will give heed to the blameless way. Verse 6 will again mention the blameless way. When will you come to me? The question in verse 2 asks, when are you going to, I need your help, I need your rely, I need your help, I need your strength. I'm looking in reliance and dependence upon you. When will you come to me? And his resolve is that he will walk in integrity of heart, even within his house. What we are in private is one day going to be displayed publicly. Too many people think they can live their private life any way they want and then order their public life and their private life should have nothing to do with it. That's not the way that our lives work. What we are in private ultimately boils over into who we are publicly. But here, 
the writer says in verse 3, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. Often in the book of Psalms, the writers express their hatred of various things. You see that in Psalm 26, verse 5, Psalm 31, verse 6, Psalm 119, verse 104, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not fasten its grip on me. It shall not cling to me. In verse 4, a perverse heart shall depart from me. I will know no evil. The word know was used in the last psalm, in Psalm 100 in verse 3. Know that the Lord himself is God. Know the Lord himself is God. In one case, we are called to know the Lord is God. And in Psalm 101 in verse 4, the writer resolves that I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The king is not simply not going to encourage wrongdoing. He is going to curtail it to the best of his ability. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. No one who has a haughty look and arrogant heart will I endure. Several writers have pointed out some similarities between this psalm and Psalm 15. As Psalm 15 asks, O Lord, who may abide in your tent and who may dwell in your holy hill? In verse 2, it was one who walks with integrity. That's our same word for blameless used in verse 2 and in verse 6. He who walks with integrity. In verse 3 of Psalm 15, those who can abide in the tent of the Lord is one who does not slander with his tongue. And so there are all kinds of similarities between Psalm 15 and Psalm 101. In verse 6, my eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He whose walk, who walks in a blameless way is one who will minister to me. It can be said in verses 4 and 5, these are the type of people that are not going to dwell in the king's presence. These are the type of people that will not be welcome in his administration. But verse, verse 6 deals with the kind who will be the faithful of the land, the blameless. These are the ones who are going to be surrounding the king. We want a king to be righteous and good, to praise God's loving kindness and to praise his justice. But we want those who surround him, who are in positions of authority, to be the same. In verse 6, he who walks in a blameless way is the one who will minister to me. In verse 7, he who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. He talked about living in integrity within his house in verse 2. 
And in order to do this, he's going to have to cast out everyone who does deceit. In verse 7, he who speaks falsehood shall not maintain his position before me. He's going to expel them from office. They're not going to be his servants if they're going to live this way. In verse 7, every morning I will destroy all the wicked in the land. The morning was the time when the courts assembled for justice, and the king presided. You see references to this in 2 Samuel 15, as as David had people coming to him each morning that Absalom sought to intercept and sought to persuade to follow him. You see the same kind of thing in Jeremiah 21, 12. And in Zephaniah 3, in verse 5, every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land so as to cut off from the city of the Lord all who do iniquity. The wicked, the ungodly, the evil are cast out of this city. Now, how well did David do with this? He said, in his house, he will walk in integrity, in verse 2. And yet upon the roof of his house, he saw a beautiful woman bathing in 2 Samuel 11. And as a result of that, brought her into his house and committed adultery with her. How well did David do with that? Remember when Adonijah made a bid for the throne in 1 Kings 1 in verses 5 and 6. The Bible says his father had never called him in question at any time or asked him, what are you doing? His father had not called him to account. David's private failures affected the whole nation. Psalm 101 is a great ideal, but it was an ideal that even the best of the kings of Israel in the Old Testament did not attain to. And yet, even after his failures and after an administration surrounded by people like Joab, even after that, these words were still recorded in Scripture to hold before our eyes the ideal of what a ruler should be, a ruler whose rule reflects the loving kindness and the justice of God. Now, all the kings of Israel fell short, but there's a prophecy in Isaiah 11 about one who would be a root of Jesse, who would live up to the high ideals of Psalm 101. There is a king who will judge the poor with righteousness and decide with fairness for the afflicted. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist. This passage prophesies 
of the Messiah, Isaiah 11, in verses 1 through 5. He will truly live up to the ideals of this passage. The word that is used in the Greek translation for blameless in Psalm 101, verse 2, and 101, verse 6, was used for Jesus as a blameless sacrifice. In Hebrews 9, 14, in 1 Peter 1, in verse 19, he was a blameless sacrifice. And this word that is used for blameless was also used to describe the people of God in Ephesians 1, 4, in Ephesians 5, 27, in Colossians 1, 22, and in Revelation 14, verse 5. And they only could be made blameless by this blameless sacrifice, this blood of the Lamb. It was through his death the king says he will put to death all the wicked of the land. And yet, this king, Jesus, was put to death. And through his blood, he cleanses us. He cleanses us and gives us forgiveness so that once again, the city of God in Revelation 21 and 22 might be dwelt in by people who are forgiven and pure. Psalm 101, a royal psalm that David and the best of the kings of Israel did not attain to, but a psalm that Jesus fulfills and makes it possible for us to experience salvation.